Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We honor you. Holy Spirit, we invite you. We know you are here. Father, we love you, and we ask that you take over this service. We ask that everyone here, that their ears are open and their eyes are open to hear and receive your word, and we ask that your word is performed, and that in that we are changed, God. We love you, we praise you, and we give you all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Mm -hmm. Amen. Awesome. Yay, I'm so happy to be up here, guys. Yeah, I know. I can't stop smiling. So the teaching today is going to be on the journey of finding who you are in Christ. And I think it's one of the most beautiful journeys you can ever walk in um, because I'm currently walking in it. And I feel like I got to see where I was before and I see where I am now and I can just feel where I'm going to be in the future. So I just give God all the praise. And I will start off by saying... Um, well, reading Genesis 1, 26 through 28. And now this is talking about who we, who am I in Christ? Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on earth. So, obviously, we know that we are made in his image. But then the next question is, if we're like him, who is he? And so I found some, I don't want to call them words, but th this is who he is, okay? Um, he's the creator of all things, the God of miracles, the son of God, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace, the Lord God of heaven. All right, Todd, can you pull up John fourteen six? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And these are all scriptures um, just telling you who he is. And John 1, 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. All right. So <laughs> we found out that we were made in his image, and then we find out who he is. And so what's the next? Can anybody just throw out what do you think the next step is? After you find out who Jesus is, after you find out who he is, what do you think we have to start doing next? How do we put on a blank? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's the next thing. We find out how do we become like Christ? Like, okay, well, I've been walking this way the whole time. Now how do I start walking this way? Um, 
And so, of course, we start walking or start becoming like Christ, first off, by the born-again experience, um, which is an amazing experience that I'm pretty sure everybody can just come into agreement on. That's one of the best things that can happen in your life is to be born again. Um, so we are re- we regenerate, our, or we don't do it, but our spirit gets regenerated to him. And um, we start to walk the walk which is the walk that is like no other um and we become like christ through a renewed mind of faith so your old ways of thinking are are no longer going to control your new ways of living but through faith i'm sorry forgot i wrote some extra over here and your old way of living will no longer control your new way of living but through faith and the renewing of your mind, his ways will become your ways. And I've experienced that, and it's absolutely one of the most, just, I don't even know how to explain it. I look back at how I used to think, what I used to do, and it's absolutely different now for me. Um, and I just give God all the praise. And um, those are just ways that I became like him. I was born again, and then my mind started to be renewed. And so I didn't think the same way that I used to think before, and I didn't do the same things that I used to do. Um, and I really wasn't doing it. He was helping me through it, so it was beautiful. Um, some other other things that um, you become more like Christ is reading the Word, worship, prayer, applying the Word, being attentive in faith, um, reading the Word, spending time in the Word. And it says the truth. The truth will set you free. He is the truth. So if he's the truth, he's also the word. So we have to read the word and we have to spend time in the word in order to um, become more like him. Um, Worship. We worship because we get in his presence. And worship is also the ultimate ministry to God. So worship is very vital and it's intimate. You get into intimacy with him. And um, you shut your eye, you close your eyes. I know for me, I know I close my eyes and it's just like I can just feel him and I can see him and I don't think about anybody else in the room or I try not to. <laughs> I don't think about anybody else in the room and it just, it's like me and him are becoming one. It's absolutely amazing. Um, and then prayer. So prayer gets his ear. I That's one of the things uh, when I first started coming to Kingdom Life, I would just write all my prayers down in my notebook and I still have them today. I look over them and I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, you answered this prayer for me. Um, because when you're in it, you don't notice that nothing is being, I mean, you, you feel like nothing is being answered because you want it right then and right now. But honestly, he answers prayer, especially if it's his will, he will answer them. And if you just keep notating, you know, write your prayers out and you'll see, you'll go back and you'll be like, oh my gosh, this was answered. Um, praise God. And the next is applying the word. And so I believe applying the word is one of the things that possibly could be the hardest because we learn to read the word, but just because you're reading it doesn't mean you're going to do it. Um, so applying the word is very important. And when you apply the word, you're activating faith because you're believing something that you really don't know if it's true or not, but you, you're actually activating faith, I believe, and, um, and also walking in obedience. And I believe when you're walking in obedience, it will lead to wisdom and understanding. Um, so it's 
super cool how everything just like works together. It's like a big pile. If you do this, this will happen. Um, and being attentive. So just being attentive to others around you because I feel like God is everywhere. So you never know. You could be talking to a person. Just be attentive. Be attentive to what they're saying. Be attentive to the things around you. I've been really like big on attentiveness. I'm like, Lord, are you here? Are you talking to me right now? It's, yeah, that's just something that I'm getting into now. And this walk is still a continuous walk. You're gonna, you're walking in Christ daily. It's absolutely beautiful. So it never ends. It never ends. I just praise God that it begins. You know what I mean? And I, every for everybody. Um, and faith is the last one that I have on here. And just believe, 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 believe. You know, God has saved us. He saved us from the pit of hell. So why do we not trust him with all these other little things? That's the greatest thing that he did for us was to save us. So we just have to, you know, believe and have faith. Um, And on here I put how to, okay, so we figure out how to become like Christ. Now, how to stay in Christ, <laughs> to me, is the next one. Um, and you really can't go anywhere when he has you. He captures you by his love. So that right there will keep you. Um, but I have faithfulness will keep you in Christ. Um, the first love relationship, changing your views while in circumstances, devoting your mind and body to him, um, and loving others and allowing grace to take you through it um that's a I put like a star by that one because I feel like while staying in Christ that's one of the things that the Lord has really like grasped me with is loving other people like I love people and it makes me happy and it makes it takes my mind off whatever I may be feeling or going through I can just love on someone else and I'm like he's happy with that you know what I mean and at the at the end of the day, you'll for, you'll probably forget about whatever you were going through by just loving other people, um, and being thankful. <sighs> being thankful, even though it may seem hard, you just have to be thankful for whatever comes your way, um, and praying at all times, all times, all times. And I'm probably going through this so fast. <laughs> Hope this isn't like a ten minute teaching. <laughs> But, like, I'm nervous, but I'm, like, I'm not nervous trying to run away. I'm, like, here nervous, but it's, like, happy nervous. So I don't know how to explain it, but I'm, like, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I can go back on stuff. I'd rather y'all ask me questions and I can, like, you know. But, um, okay, so the next I have embrace the oneness and walk it out. So I believe through this journey I have a hope that I did not have before a purpose that I could not see before, and a light that did not shine before. And that just makes me want to jump up and scream because it's absolutely beautiful. I went from not knowing where I would be, not knowing where I would go, not having any mentors, to this. <laughs> what in the world? Like, um, that, like, I don't even know. <laughs> Seriously, not knowing. And it's so cool, and I talk about the journey because, um, when I was growing up, I never really, like, had a desire. It was never on my plan to, like, oh, let me find Christ and grow up in him. That was never in my book, ever. It just wasn't. You know, I heard of 
Christ. I would, you know, hear my mom talk about it. I would go to church, but it was never that relationship. And so I just had no clue. But he was so faithful that he saved me. And he is just, oh, I don't even know. Every day I'm becoming more and more like him, and I can't believe it. Seriously, down to worshiping, you know. I didn't used to want to worship, but I love worshiping. I didn't used to pray. I love praying. I pray all the time. And he did it all. I didn't have to do anything. I think that's the coolest part. And um, so one of my favorite scriptures is every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. And I believe that wholeheartedly because it was never in my plans to find Christ. But he found me and he'll find the whole entire world. And we just have to believe that together and know that. And it's super beautiful. And so these are just some, um, I wrote some little notes of things that I did through my, through my walk and that I'm doing through my walk now. Um, and it was to take notes of your progress. So just know that, you know, you are changing and it's all him. Um, continue to stay around like-minded people. Um, believe that life is beautiful and view it that way no matter what is going on. And love the change and grow with the change. Don't hold back from the change because you're changing. Sometimes you want to draw back. But you can't. You have to just keep going forward and keep going forward and just walk it out and don't stop. And there's so many people around you that wants to help you. Like every single body in this building could give you encouraging words. So I just love that. And I love our ministry. They're awesome. The one thing that I feel like they did the most here for me was allowing me to depend on Jesus and not them. Even though they have all the knowledge, I could go ask Lee 50 million questions if I wanted to, and she probably could tell me everything that I wanted to know. But I somehow, some way, they taught me to depend on him. And I didn't even need to go to them. I think that is absolutely beautiful. And through that, I was able to build a relationship with him that's so precious. And it just makes me want to cry. But I'm not. <laughs> He's awesome. Yeah. And so I feel like I have a whole bunch of recaps. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. I said, um, life is so beautiful, so view it that way, no matter what's going on. All right, so my little recap. It's, I have learned and experienced who Jesus is daily. Um, and Deuteronomy, 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 am I saying that right? Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, 8 6, Todd. <laughs> Deuteronomy. Stop it, guys. The mat. <laughs> okay. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of your Lord, your God, walk in his ways, and to fear him. So just learn him daily, experience him daily. Before you walk out the house, just ask the Lord to show you something. Ask him, say, Lord, just let me experience you today. Let me experience your goodness. And it's, he will do it. Watch. And you have to be attentive to it because you may miss it if you're not paying attention. Um, my second little recap says, believe that you are made in his image. So you have to believe it. Whenever you feel that, you know, you're not beautiful or you're not worthy, just stop and say, nope, I'm made in his image. And you just have to believe that. Um, and just read your Bible. It'll change you. Um, Psalm 7832. I'll just read. Okay. In spite of this, they still sinned and did not believe in his wondrous works. 
And so my third point says stay focused and attentive during the process. So just stay focused. Um, don't let, because all these little darts are going to try to come at you to get you to go this way. But just keep your eyes on the prize, which is Jesus. Um, and Second Chronicles 7.15 says, Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. And my fourth one says, Allow God to do the necessary change in you through grace. So just, so just allow him to change you. Allow him to do it because he'll do it and he'll do it supernaturally. You just have to surrender to him. Just literally say, I don't care, whatever. Like, he's, you, you're only going to become a better you. I promise you. It's absolutely. Like, I feel like, okay, Lord, whatever you want to do with me, I'll do it. I'm, I'm here. Um, and so Luke 2.40 says, And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So just know that the Lord can do anything. Seriously. And then I just have some scriptures to meditate on. I made a PowerPoint, but I decided not to put it up there. So here they are. I don't know, Todd, if you want me to read them off to you. Should I? And these are just scriptures that you can meditate on your own time. It's just pretty much um, scriptures that talks about who Christ is. And so, yeah. Mm -hmm. 1 Corinthians 2.16. 1 John 4.4. 4. Ephesians 1, 17 through 18. Uh-huh. Ephesians 1, 17 through 18. Colossians 3, 9. 1 Peter 2, 9. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. James 1, 22. And that's all. That's all scriptures. Hallelujah. Yes, I just say the journey of finding Christ, the journey of finding who you are in Christ is beautiful. And just keep on the journey. We can all keep on it together. It's a beautiful journey. And bring somebody along so they can jump on the journey. Devin back there, his journey is about to be amazing. I love Devin. He's awesome. He really is. He is Yes, we love him. And so it, that brings me so much joy when people get to start their journey because it's awesome. And we're here to help them, you know. Great you job. Have anything to say? I'm so proud of you. Isn't, didn't she do awesome for like, for her first time? Y'all should have saw her the last three days. Tori was nowhere to be found. We have a, a room in our house now um, that we dedicated to worship and like working out and stuff like that. And uh, we just got it fixed up and set up, and um, she spent all night last night there. And the last couple of days, she took my iPod, and I had no worship. I had to listen to, like, Pandora. Um, but I'm really proud of you because uh, it takes faith to get up here. Now, it's not easy. Even if you have notes, um, it's difficult to stand before the people of God, some who may, may know more than you or some who are just coming in, and you don't want to obstruct the process of what God is doing. So I think it's beautiful, and I think you did absolutely amazing. So praise the Lord. Thank you. This was supposed to be a team teaching. But it looks like she stole the show. No, but, uh, um, I have one scripture, but I want to point out some things that Tori was talking about as far as who am I? It's the journey of finding who you are in Christ. Uh, it's a difficult process, but it's not difficult. Because once you give your life to Christ, once you experience this, 
Your spirit is his. So he has control of that spirit. He doesn't have control of your mind. So the difficulty is the mind being renewed to follow Christ. That's a difficulty because there's a process of changing the way you think and the way you do things. So the difficult part is, who am I now that Christ is in me? You don't cuss people out. You don't. That's, that's, that's it. You don't scream. You're very gentle. The Holy Spirit is gentle. Um, you're very cautious about who you are around people in the a, in a meaning of how you treat people. You want to act just how Christ would act in any scenario, any place. And what God was uh, showing me a lot of times in my process is um, we care about what people think. So the moment you start to change and your friends haven't changed, you feel judgment right away. And that's difficult because that judgment doesn't sometimes feel good. But it's not you being judged. It's the old man's way of thinking, the old man's way of doing things that are being changed. I mean, that are being judged. And you have to love those people. You got you to gotta think about it like this. Christ was the Messiah for the Jewish religion or Jewish uh, people. He was the Messiah. It was prophesied in the Old Testament. They didn't even recognize him when he came. He was rejected by his own people. So we're going to experience that too. You know, so um, just in that process, just understand that you're being set apart. It's a, it's a time of uh, separation where God really wants to have all of you. It's about dedicating your mind, your body spirit, everything. You know, you dedicate your spirit through worship, time with the Lord, um, in prayer and in the word. You dedicate your body by treating it right, not doing things that you would normally do in the world, whether that's um, partaking in activities that are not godly. And you uh, dedicate your mind by just really doing things and thinking the way Christ would. How would you do that if you don't know who he is? So the process is really about getting in his presence and getting in his word. And then your journey can begin. But you have to get born again. It's hard to hear God when your spirit's not connected to him. I would even say it's close to being impossible. And even then, think about it like this. Even after you give your life to Christ, how hard is it still to hear him sometimes? You know, so much going on that clogs your, your ear gates that God wants to do. And, and stop looking at things we really shouldn't look at. There's a lot of things on television. There's a lot of environments that we go in that are polluting our souls. These are the gates to the soul. So when you open your eyes to these places or to these things, all you're doing is polluting what God is trying to do in your soul. The same thing with what you're listening to. I remember <laughs> very vividly saying, I cannot listen to Drake anymore. The rapper is my favorite rapper. And when I started that, that was hard because I was like, man, I had to live off the music he was putting out. I did. It gave, you know, what we call, you know, when you're in the world, it gave me life. It did, but it really didn't. And the moment I put away that music, and the moment I start watching that television shows and, you know, movies that were deteriorating my mind, I was able to get on a highway with Christ. You got to remember, man, when you put things in your eye gates and your ear gates, you get in that snail traffic. Because every time you get a step closer to God, there's another car that cuts in front of you because you already influenced your mind with a thought that was not even supposed to be there. So I like it because this is a testimony. Tori's whole life is a testimony. You know, my life is a testimony. Our relationship is a testimony. And it's a testimony of God's love. Well, a lot of times we get caught up in the hard things that happen in our lives and we can never move forward. So our testimony is naturally, in a sense, the hardships that we have. It's the things that we couldn't overcome in life, the pain that we endured. 
But the truth is that's not the testimony. The testimony is, is how God brought you out of it. And when you give God the power to take you out of that situation, man, there's no stopping him. This is two years. I can imagine this. And mind you, my father was a pastor. Mind you, I knew about God my whole entire life. So I had the spirit in me, but I never was converted. I never walked that life. And then I came into a place like this where you have no choice. You don't. You don't. And if you do, the choice is, it's either God or Satan. That's the choice. It's not even us no more. Was it Paige you said that? You don't even have your own choice. Because the moment you're thinking you're choosing yourself, you're actually going to the dark side. Because God's not selfish. He gave. So it's amazing to see what God can do in a period of two years. This is really a testimony, folks. Um, I can remember walking in here, and it probably was all over me. But I was on a high coming down. I was on a high in the world getting ready to come down. And uh, God brought me to a pillow, a comforter, a place that would receive me just as I was and kind of like cushion me. Because where I would have been at in the world, I would be dead right now or really strung out on something that I shouldn't be strung out on. And that's what the world will do to you. It will toss you to and fro and you'll never be able to figure out where your life is going. It's confusion. But what he did was, man, he grabbed me. And luckily I had <laughs> Tori next to me, you know what I'm saying? Because throughout that two years, this was shaky too. But it was still that hope that God gave me. That kind of sometimes kept me on. And you never know what God is doing in the midst. He's breaking things. He's bringing things. He's pulling things away to clean them up, to bring them back to you. And we just don't know. We're just sitting here like, God, man, my life is over. That's what we think. That's not the truth. It's really just beginning. I'm the happiest I've ever been in my entire life, and I've had less than I've ever had in my entire life. I'm telling you, that's the truth. That's the truth. And the things I have now are worth much more than the things I used to have. Man, I got a beautiful wife, man. I am a blessed dude. I am blessed. I'm not, you know, there's, there's I couldn't even dream for anything like this. I rejected this, man. I did. And God kept her right here. That's a blessing. I rejected the call. And God still brought her back to me. You know, we do that sometimes, man. God is a redeemer. God is a savior. And God will be our Lord, and he's a good God when we trust in him. All you got to do is ride the wave. I talked about it in the testimony. There's a wave in your life that you have to ride on. And for some people, it's like, it's difficult because I was in a wave of testing and trials for like a year and a half. And I don't understand it because I had decided to walk with God and it seemed like everything was coming down. So in my mind, the old man's way of thinking, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. If you will understand why I ride that wave, you would know that God has it under control. And in that wave, all you got to do is rejoice and thank him. You got to remember in the, in the boat when the waves was hitting and the disciples and Jesus is fast asleep. As in, you know, thinking, he's not there. He doesn't care. He's not concerned. They woke him up. And he always got to talk about their faith. He always talked about it. You know what I mean? So I came in Christ, so I had faith to believe in God, right? And I had faith to walk up what he asked me to walk. But then the storm came. So I'm in this wave, and I don't know how to praise. I don't know how to worship. I don't know how to thank him in my hard times. 
And Jesus always has to come and be my savior. Rebuke the storm. If we can stay on that wave and thank him, it's right. It's a miracle right on the other side because that's when he went and cast out the demon of the man that nobody wanted to go around. That's a deliverance. Ride that wave to a deliverance. Receive the fruits. Receive the love that God has for you. It's not easy, folks. It's not, but it's worth it. Um, I didn't know I'd be testifying tonight. I had a scripture. But I just want to encourage you because no matter where you are, God's going to do it. The choice is, will you let him? Get his word. Worship. I remember I used to beg, I would tear Todd's ear. Hey, Todd, I need that new playlist, dog. I need that new playlist. I still do it. I still do it. Because there was something in this house that I wanted in my house. There was something in these people's soul that I wanted in my soul. It was wild to me. I never saw peace in a place like this. I never saw love in the people like this before. And I grew up with a loving family. So what I experienced, it drove me. It pushed me to really receive what God had for me. I wasn't turning back. And every time I wanted to turn back, I wasn't turning back. You got to think Satan knows everything that's going on. He does. So right when your blessing comes, he comes to intercept. Think about it, man. You have the individual, the God in your heart and in your mind that knows everything. The moment you feel that opposition come or that, the accusation or, you know, the trial, any of that stuff, all you got to do is ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. What am I going to do in this moment? And when you don't hear anything, don't do anything. And then when he tell you to do something, just do it. You know, but you got to be able to trust. I don't know if it's in Peter. I was talking about it earlier. As it says, he who asks wisdom, he who asks for wisdom will get it. How'd that go? What is it? What's the verse? Basically, it's saying if you ask for wisdom, God will give it to you liberally without reproach. It's in James. All right. And then it says right after that, you must believe that you've received the wisdom. Now, think about it like this. Wisdom is God's, you know, supernatural knowledge. He can see things from the end. to see things from the beginning from the end or the end from the beginning. So if I'm asking for wisdom, I'm asking for anything from God. I have to believe that God has already done it. Every time before I get up and speak, I ask the Lord to just take over. So you have to believe automatically. And you're so now this is a conscious thought that what's coming out of my mouth is what God once said. And then you trust him even when you mess up. It's a teaching moment. You know, so when you ask God, just believe you've already received. But you have to have the word in there. You have to have your faith built. There were many times where I spent hours, hours in worship. I didn't know what it was for because I felt like my life was getting worse. And I remember when I came to my hardest trial, I didn't have the strength in me to move past. I really didn't. God had to literally bellow up in me for me to move forward. It was for that moment. See, the season that we think we're in is for the promise that we want in that season. It's not necessarily for that promise. It may be for something later on down the line. When you're sowing, you're sowing, and you're sowing. You can have heavy seasons of the word. You can have heavy seasons of worship. You can have heavy seasons of prayer. You can have a mixture of all. But I experienced the worship, the combination of the word. It's powerful. God illuminate things. I've been trying this new thing. Now I'm going to go to the scripture. Because this is how kingdom life, from what we learned in our, our teachings, uh, define what success is. Um, but I sowed, and I sowed, 
and I sold him. It was for these appointed times. It's for these appointed times. And this is the word it says. It is through him, Jesus. I'm sorry, it's uh, Romans 1, 5, if you want to put it up. It is through him, amplify it, please, Todd, that we have received grace, which is God's unmerited favor, and our apostleship to promote obedience to the faith and to make disciples for his name's sake among the nations. So Gene was teaching on ordination. He said, we, you know, we, as ministers, kingdom ministers, your success is measured by your ability to raise up a generation. Okay, so I have my testimony of to you how God called me and how I yielded to the process. And it might not have been comfortable, but now the journey really starts in God. That was a year of preparation to these moments. So success for a kingdom minister. Now we're in a house called Kingdom Life. If you're a kingdom minister, your ability to raise up saints, to raise up a generation is how we, that, that minister better than you too. Not, you know, somebody that you hover over and that you control, that's how we measure success. So it is through him, which is Jesus, that we have received grace. Grace is God doing it on your behalf. The ability to let God do what he said he's going to do. That's grace. That's giving God full authority, full power in your life, and allowing him to move in a power, move in a measure, or move in freedom on your behalf to do the things that he wants to do. In our apostleship, there is an office of the apostle, an apostleship. I looked up the word because we got ordained under an apostolic anointing, but I don't operate in the function of an apostle. So when I read this word, it says, in our apostleship, the word apostle means sent one. So the word apostleship, I'm guessing the word apostle was a root word for apostleship or I don't know, root or stem word. I don't know how you say it, but... um. Apostleship is like a special calling to do something. It's like a call out to directly go do something. Okay? So God has given, God has given us the ability, Jesus, it's through Jesus that we have the ability to trust God, to have full control over our life. And now we have the commission to go carry out a specific, specific purpose that God has called us to. And it says, our apostleship to promote obedience to the faith, which is the faith of Jesus Christ. Promote. That is a strong word because how do you promote something? A lot of times it's by what you say or what you do. When people look at us as believers in Christ, are you promoting what God is? Are you promoting who Jesus is? That's a real question. It is. And it's also, are you promoting it to the person who's closest to you? And are you promoting it to a person you don't even know who's down the street looking at you? How are you acting? What you say? The words that come in your mouth. The Lord has me really serious on what comes out of your mouth. Because the power is either life or death. And if when you've accepted the call, there's a higher power on it. And when you have knowledge, you have understanding, you hold to, you're held to a higher accountability. Okay, obedience to the faith. Promote obedience. So I wrote a little note. It says how? When we used to do Vasalis, one of the big things was be a product of the product. That's how you promote. You take the product, you watch the product, 
do what it's intended to do to your body, and then that's how you promote it. All you got to do is be a testimony. That's exactly what this is. Be a product of the product. How much time are we spending in this word? How much time are we really spending in his presence? We're purified in his presence. We're changed by his word. Be a product of the product. Are you getting real serious and genuine about your walk with God? Or is it just a talk now? Or is this just a social hour to get around people that love? And you gratify yourself in that love, and then you move away. You got to get serious. Because where this house is going, is going to the nations. And the word nations mean people. And the people have to see something never seen before. Lee had an amazing testimony. I believe I was one of the people that felt it, Lee, when you said, will you, when the Lord spoke to you, will you allow uh, me to love you a way that's contrary to the world? so that they can experience the love they never experienced before. Numerous occasions. See, she's, she's laid down her life. She's already living a life worthy of the call and separated from the world. So her words have something on it that the world does not carry. It, it carries a higher level of encouragement and a higher level of love. I never forget it. I had literally demons in my mind. You know when you have demons in your mind? Because they won't stop talking. And you can't concentrate. It's a spirit of distraction, it's a spirit of, you know, many things. And Lee, would, she would see it in my eyes. Gentle Lee. <laughs> and Lee would always look me directly in my eyes. And I would hear him talking over and over again. And they're trying to push me to say things that I shouldn't say, put them into the atmosphere. And Lee would say the sweetest words. And I would hear each demon leave. That's powerful. And she didn't have to get me up here at the altar. And psh, she didn't. All she did was speak in love and encouragement. And all I had to do was just hold on and grasp that. See, there are things that we don't see in the supernatural realm that others see. And there are things that happen in the supernatural realm that can be broken by those who dedicate their lives to Christ. That's what this is. This is a holding cell. This is a, a training ground for those who would do that. Embrace it. Because the word says you will be blessed when you obey. And we're not talking about the blessings that come that are material. We're talking about an increase with God. And everything we've ever wanted is attracted to God. And it says to make disciples for his name's sake among the nations. I read the scripture three days ago. My focus was this year. I only got five chapters in the epistles. And I said, Lord, whenever I receive a word that jumps off at the page, I'm not moving off of it until I become it, until I know what it means. And when I read it, this wasn't one of our scriptures for raising up a generation. But it hit me, I said, wow, this is kind of talking about raising up a generation. The truth is, are we allowing the grace that God put on us, the power, the calling, to promote obedience to the faith to raise up a generation? Are people flocking to you? It happens in here every day. Lee can't come in here. I'm right at her toes. I am. Because I know she went to the third heaven. And I want to see the, the Rima. I do. Same thing with Jean. They're raising up a generation. See, we want to get to a place. I'm not saying you want people to attach to you. But they want to know what's in you. It's so good that they have to have it. That's how you raise them up. The respect and the honor and the love I have for our leadership is at a higher level. You can never sometimes truly respect and honor that until you go through things. 
and you look back and say, wow, they really loved me. Dark times pulled out a lot. That's what not that that is not a lot that it what <laughs> dark times have a lot of things pulled out of you. It's those times when we feel alone and we're by ourselves. And we say, God, is this thing really real? I know we talk a good game in the ministry. I know we've all had that talk. I'm ready for you to deliver me tonight, God. And then the next day you feel exactly the same. That's truth. But what we need is a genuine relationship. And what leadership is doing here is teaching us how to plug into God. Like Tori said, I remember hearing clearly, all my money was leaving me quick. I knew this was a successful business. I heard the Lord clearly say, do not ask them for anything. And I'm, I'm just now starting this thing. Like, how could you hear God so clearly knowing not to ask? You know what I'm saying? He said, everything you would need, you would get from me. That's tough. Like I said, I was coming off a high in the world, being able to get anything and everything I wanted. But a journey is not in vain. I can stand here and say that God has really done a tremendous work. Tori had a great quote that said, what is it? The old way you think will now have, the old way you used to think will no longer have a control over the new way you live. Yeah. And which is wild because I, my mindset was the old way, but I was trying to walk out a new life. Meaning, I came into this place, I wanted to give up sex before marriage, I wanted to give up pornography, I wanted to give up all these different things. I walked it out, but the thoughts were still consuming my mind. So the old way I used to think cannot control the new way I'm trying to walk. You know what I'm saying? And that's God. I would pray to God constantly. God, could you please take these out of my mind? I don't want to be perverted. I want to live a pure life. I would never hear anything. I would never hear anything. Why am I having these thoughts? All I did was, and you know, it wasn't like when I was in worship, I would be praying these things. It's as I'm walking out my day. But all I would do is stay in worship, stay in the word. And before you knew it, I wasn't having those thoughts anymore. And I looked back and said, wow, God, when did you do that? You know, I got so consumed in him. I got so consumed in him that it just went away. They'll always be there. The thing is, will you attach to them? Will you connect to them? There's another thing. <laughs> this is the biggest trial of my life. I'm in the shower, and I'm talking to God. I'm like, Lord, why you let, why you let Satan just be flexing all his muscle all the time? This is my thought. I'm like, why you let him flex all his muscle all the time? All this stuff coming down in my life. I'm like, Lord, I decided to follow you. Why you let him flex all the time? You got the power to stop him. You got the power to keep him in his tracks. You know, so he can't, you know, overtake the territory. <laughs> it was so funny. I remember being like, why, why don't you use your power to stop him, God? <laughs> and I remember God telling me, oh, it's because I gave you the power. I got so sobby in my situation that I was, became a beggar asking God to deliver me. He already saved me. He gave me the power to do it. And he said, the power is in your words. The power is in what you believe. i never forget it. I, I didn't ask God why he let Satan flex anymore. I knew 
It was, it was on me pretty much. But it was, wasn't on me. It was my faith in God and what I said. It's, you know, and it's, it's funny. God, why are you always letting Satan flex on your boy? <laughs> I'm having a hard time down here, man. He's really doing it right now. I need your help. I was sobby, man. God don't want to be pitying us, man. That's what he sent Jesus for. Jesus did his job. Time for us to do ours, man. Okay. I think that's funny. God, why are you always letting Satan flex his muscles, man? <laughs> you know how you can pout? <laughs> man, come on, God. Help me. <laughs> God said, I gave you power, man. Trample on scorpions. I'm telling you, you get to a place where you just don't care. And you allow Satan to beat up on you. Those days are over, man. Them days are over. So it is through him. Let's raise up a generation. See, the next ones that's coming up, there's more power in the house. Now it's the time to really ride the wave. I am telling you. Go ahead and get out of yourself. It's no longer about you. Carrie talks, man, Carrie has an excellent revelation on uh, the lame man that got healed at the gate called Beautiful, you know. And it's basically he's saying the man was lame for 40 years. Jesus never healed him. And uh, Peter and John came. The man rose. Peter basically pointed his finger at the, the priests or the people at that time. And then he said, why are you guys so excited? It was the ones you crucified. Carrie got the revelation that the man was lame for 40 years. For that exact moment. And the exact moment was for the Jewish people to come to Christ. And they said the number was over 5,000. I told Carrie, I told Carl, I said, man, I'm going to do a teaching call for the 5,000. Because you know what? The things we go through in life that Satan wants to defeat us and that we feel like we can't overcome, it's for the 5,000. It's for the masses. It's for when you tell that testimony and that person does, that's lame. And lame doesn't always got to mean they're crippled. It means they can't move in Christ. It's for them. When you say, I made it through this in my relationship. I gave up pornography. I gave up sex before marriage. It's when you speak that word, the conviction, the power that God put in you to overcome can come on them. It's really four to 5,000. It's for the masses. And what I mean by the masses, you can be having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody. They get delivered, and they go out and speak the word. You don't always got to be the one up speaking before thousands or millions. God is good. If we can get into his love, get into his presence, find out who we are in him. It's a journey. Journeys have bump in the roads. They have, what do you call them, the T's or the Y's. Uh, Across folk in the world, folk in the world, uh, you have decisions to be made. You're going to make the wrong decisions, but it's well worth the walk. It's well worth the run. And all you got to do is hold on to him. It says, hold on to the plow and do not look back. And if you do, you're not fit for the kingdom. Revelation I got on that is we're in God. And sometimes we put our hands on the plow and we do look back. It doesn't mean you're not fit for God's kingdom. It means you're not fit for the kingdom manifestation in your life that you're looking for right now. So hold on. You got to get plugged in. You got to stay plugged in. 
And you really got to move with God. It's grace. It truly is grace. It's miraculous what he's done in my life in the past two months. Past two months. God is able to do everything and anything. And you're his people. You're his children. Why wouldn't he want to bless you? I'm blessed. My wife got up and did her first teaching. Praise the Lord. I thank everybody for coming out. And um, yes, ma'am. Praise the Lord. Ms. Lee Brown. Praise God. I just want to share two verses that I think are really important to understanding the purpose of this ministry. Everything you said was awesome. The glow is just incredible. If you could put up Todd, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 36. Everybody who comes in this door comes in this door dead. Okay? When it says you will be raised up to life, when you come in this door is because there's something God wants to raise up from the dead. And the word says, you foolish man, we are foolish when we choose the world way versus God's way. Because we don't know God's way. But let me tell you something about somebody who's in God. Sometimes when we're in Christ, we're foolish too. Because we're foolish for love. <laughs> we are foolish for his love. So foolish isn't a bad word. But in this it says, you foolish man, every time you plant seed, you sow something that does not come to life, germinating, springing up, and growing unless it what? Dies. Now, that's deep. I remember the first time I read that, I was like, what do you mean something my plant's going to die? Okay? It just means as we are growing up, everybody's born into sin. We learn, we learn, we learn. We come into a place that is God's house. So now everything we sowed outside that door, when it comes into here, it's got to what? Die. Everything that you, and you, how do you know what you planted is dying? Because when you come in this environment, you feel it. You're shaken. You can't sit still. You feel sick to your stomach. You feel convicted. In fact, the enemy wants you to feel condemned like a complete loser. Like you'll never make it for God. And you know when you walk into these doors because something is what? About to die. Because it's his way. It's the way he already set for you. So that's the only way we would know his grace. Is that he redeemed us from that. But it's so beautiful. Every time you plant a seed. Who knows? We, we sow two seeds. The seed of life, which is the word of God. Or we're sowing curse words, whatever, we are actually evoking something to germinate towards us that has no life on it. It is death and destruction. Go on to, and I just wanted to bring this up because he hit it. Something's got to die. I remember when I looked at Tori the first time. I'm talking the first time she was in this place. I knew Chris was an assignment, but I looked at her and I knew she was going to experience the worst part of the change because they were about to get married. And God called the marriage dead. Isn't that amazing? He called whatever they germinated what? Dead the moment they walked here. And I held her hands. And I looked at her and I said, are you ready to, for a change? And it broke my heart when I said it to her. I had to ask the Holy Spirit, what is going on? Because it said the change will be harder for her because of what anticipation she already anticipated. Because they weren't what of God. They were going to have to completely die. 
And so he's on his journey, right? So I want to let everybody know, when you come in here and you feel angry, frustrated, confused, I don't know what's going on, I feel shaking, God is going to give you, like the lame man, enough treasure to keep you going, to keep staying through this. Go to verse 38. 38. 38 says, but God gives to it. So whatever seed, God's going to give a seed body. He's going to give it body. But when he, I love it, but God gives to it the body that he plans and sees fit. Guess what? He already decided if we sow something bad, God already sees fit that it's going to germinate what? Death, destruction, something negative in our life, only to bring us to him. Okay? That's the purpose of everything we go through, to bring us to him. So he says, it, the body that he plans and sees fit, and to each kind of seed, a body of its own. It's already set in the, in the, in the, the, the rhythms of the earth that whatever you plant, it's going to grow up into something of its own. He already said it that way. But he sets the seeds that are not of him. He still planted them. He still planned it. He still put it in effect so that it could what? Manifest the destruction that will bring you to him. This ministry is to help people call unto him. Not be baby. That's why I said I think it's funny. We have the least amount of pastors in the building. Because the word the world has been what? Prostituted by what? Pastors trying to make everybody so good so they can do a job, but they haven't grown in relationship. So I I wanted to share that because we get treaded on like grain, an ox. It says when grain gets scattered on the floor in the old days, they would bring the ox to come in and do what? Stamp on it, stamp on it, stamp on it. Okay, and so all the bad grain would not be, but the good grain would be what they would go plant for the next season. Okay, when oil gets made, there is called a millstone, and the millstone crushes the olives to nothing. All right, and it says Revelations 18, Revelations 18, and I gave what, what is it, 8, 8, 18, 12. This is awesome. The Lord gave me this because in Matthew, it says that when we get transfigured, which we're all to be transfigured into Christ, you know when somebody's being transfigured, the light comes upon them. You see it from the inside out because he said, this is what happens. It's about a millstone. It's Revelations. Hold on. I know it's 20. It's right on your wall. No, I think it's 18. It's got to be 1820 something. I'm sorry. Or 1812. No. Yeah, it's on your cell phone. Lord had me extend it to Mamie this morning because you can see the light on her and Carl right now. 1821. And the Lord told me this is what happened to Mamie and Carl. This is what happened to everybody. This is what's supposed to be happening to everybody. It says, then a single powerful angel took up a boulder like a great millstone and flung it into the sea, crying. That's how we feel. When we come in here, we have a heavy millstone around our head. And you know what a millstone does? It crushes 
olives. It says we'll wear a millstone before we allow it to crush us. But in Christ, the angel already calls that millstone like a boulder and fling it into the sea, crying with such violence shall Babylon, the great city, be hurled down to destruction and shall never again be found. So if you've walked in here with a millstone on your neck, that means darkness chasing you, whether it's demonic thoughts, whether whatever anger, perversion, fear, whatever you're going through, a sin that's already assigned to you. Isn't that awesome? Whatever's already assigned for you to go through, you're going to go through and that's going to start feeling what? Heavier. It's going to start feeling heavier. And then, boom, a powerful angel gets told to fling it into the sea and it will bring down the walls of Babylon. Babylon represents the world around you. And when it goes down, there is a great city you used to live that you can't live anymore because he has called it down to what? Destruction. So he has called that gone. I don't care if it's drugs, alcohol, whatever it is that you struggle with. Praise God that you struggled with it. Because if you give it to him, he says, I'm going to take that heavy weight and I'm going to throw it. And then when it dies, now he raises that body to life. So think about it. Come here, Christian. Come on, Christian. Yeah, I'm volunteering him, right? When you come in, right? Lay down. On the ground. <laughs> All right. So Christian comes in this ministry, weighted down. Put your hands over your face. Right. He doesn't feel like he belongs here. He doesn't feel like he should be do be here. He feels everything in his life has got him what? Down. And on one side, the devil is saying, you're a loser. You can't do this. You can't blah, blah, blah. And on the other side, the atmosphere of God now you have God speaking his seeds, his seeds. And then there's a day, get up and raise the dead, right? And then he is free because whatever millstone was holding him down now got cast. Because it doesn't work here. And you know what? And then all of a sudden, whatever voice is here, his voices get cut down. And then now he runs free. Go ahead and run to your seat. <laughs> Praise, God. Praise God, because there isn't anybody who doesn't experience that when they come in here. And God prepares you for the way. And I just wanted to add that, and thank you for letting me add that. But praise God that this ministry wants to remove the millstone that you come in here. Whatever burden you have, he's going to lift it off. And if you allow him and stay in agreement with him, guess what? It can never come back. It can never come back. And you become healthier, happier, and he brings, we all come in here dead. I don't care. There isn't anybody, you have a measure of dead when you come in here. And then you know, there's a measure of life that gets resurrected. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your time. Uh, we thank you for your people, Lord. We thank you that your word was spoken. And that everything that was edifying to the hearer, Lord, your people, gets planted, rooted, and grounded in their heart, soul, and their body. God, allow them to be transformed into your image and likeness as you stated from the beginning when you created us, Lord. We love you that your word is sharp and that it pierces the division between the soul and the spirit, God. We thank you that when your word is spoken, that it does not return void. We thank you that you have power and you have given us life. 
We thank you that you are everlasting and you'll never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you that today is your day and we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name.